Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us today as we're continuing our You Can series. And uh, man, we're, we're in for a great day. But uh, I also want to say next weekend, uh, we're, we're going to be finishing up this series next weekend. And we have my favorite preacher in the house next week. And my wife is going to be speaking the last week of You Can. And uh, some of you guys, like, you've, you've never been here for Shayla speaking. Like, she is way better than I will ever be. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm fully aware of that and fully embrace that. And so uh, please come out next weekend. I promise it, she'll, she'll, she'll knock your socks off and Jesus will do something too. And uh, it'll be great. So I, I'm just kidding, actually. Jesus will do a lot and uh, it, it'll be great. But um, I, I, I've loved this series partly because I love talking about the potential that is within each and every one of us. And I believe that God has got so much more for every single one of us than what we fully realize in life. And a lot of us settle for less than what God wants to do. And so I was thinking about knowing that this was going to be my, my last message in this series. Um, we kind of left this a little open-ended so I could just talk about my passions for a little bit. And um, there's something that I say almost in every single prayer uh, that I, I pray that anytime I say Jesus came to give you life, I usually continue it and life more abundantly, partly because there's a verse that says that, but my wife always makes fun of me, and she's always like, you don't have to continue that second part, and, and, and I'm like, but babe, that's the best part of the verse, you know, is that Jesus doesn't want to give me life, but he wants to give me a more abundant life, and and so I was thinking about that, and I just thought, you know what, I, I, I need to talk to you guys about that, because I think there's some of us that are living a less than abundant life. And so today what we're going to be talking about is you can live more abundantly. You can live more abundantly. And, uh, and partly why this is so, so important to me is because seven or eight years ago, I don't know the exact number that it is, uh, but it's somewhere in that range. My life was kind of a mess. We, we had just started this church, and the church was doing great, but I was personally a mess. Um, I, I'd gotten to this point in my life where every single Sunday afternoon and Monday, I, I, would, I would have migraine headaches. In fact, uh, most Monday mornings, Shayla would find me in our bathroom laying on the floor because I'd been throwing up all night, and I just found out that the cool tile floor feels really good after you've thrown up. Anybody ever been there before? It's like, oh, this is nice and cool. We should be friends. And, and so like, I would just, I just sleep there. I just like, and now it's close proximity to the toilet. And so, um, and, and partly the reason that was happening is because my life had gotten out of control. And when I say my life had gotten out of control, what had gotten out of control was, was my physical life. Like I literally, I weighed almost 260 pounds. I was wearing a size 44 pants. Um, I, I actually had gone to the doctor, and when I went to the doctor, they did a whole bunch of blood work and stuff. Because of all the migraines, I was trying to figure out what's going wrong in my life. Like, why am I suffering from all this? And I found out I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, whatever that means. And like, I was, I was basically high on everything. And not only that, but as they did a physical and, and different things, uh, it come to find out that I, my body mass index was in the 30 percentile which meant that I was morbidly obese and my life was just completely out of control and 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 it still wasn't like really filtering inside of me and 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 you can look at me today in fact I tried to find pictures of it 
of what I looked like at that time, but you know there's seasons of your life that you hated so much you just want to erase it from your life. Anybody have things like that? And so like I got rid of every single picture that I had. I tried to delete them all Facebook, whatever it was. <laughs> and so I couldn't even throw a picture up of what I looked like because I wanted to just eliminate that portion of my life. But I'll never forget the tipping point for me came. Uh, Shayla and I were at the promenade here. We were eating. And uh, what really changed for me is, is I can be judgmental at times. Anybody, I'll, maybe some other people are like that. But I can be really, really judgmental. Okay, thank you for being honest. There's, there's like one person, he's like, I can be judgmental too. The rest of you guys, you guys are just, a, it's okay. Th this is a safe place to be a sinner. And so like we, we know. Um, and, and so like I was sitting, we were sitting outside eating a meal. And, and this couple walked by, and I went, man, they're really fat. And Shayla didn't say anything, but the way she looked at me said everything that she wanted to say. And, and she, like, looked at me in this way and, like, really? They're fat? Have you checked yourself out? You know? Like, like you don't even have to have that conversation. It's just that I look like. You know? And, it's, and I remember I went home that night. And I went and stood in front of the mirror. And, and guys, we're notorious for this. Like a guy can be drastically overweight with a beer belly and look in the mirror and go, man, I look good. You know, he's like, he's like just like we fool ourselves. But I, I like I got in front of the mirror and I looked at myself and I didn't just look past myself. I looked at myself for real for like the first time. And I was like, oh my gosh, what has happened to you? Because in my mind, I was legendary. In my mind, it's like maybe a 12-pack here, not like, you know, not like it was like I was, I was, I was back in high school, but now I'm like 30-something years old, and like I don't look anything like that. And honestly, I was I was so ashamed. And maybe you're here today, and maybe. You know exactly what that feels like. Maybe it has nothing to do with weight, but maybe you look at your marriage right now and the state that it's in, and you're like, man, I'm so ashamed that I've allowed it to get to this place. Or maybe you look at your finances right now or an addiction, and you can't believe you've gotten to this place. Or you look at your career and the decisions you've made, and you're like, man, how did I get to this place? And I remember that night I, I, I made a decision that, that my life was going to change. And how many of y'all know that, that talk is cheap? A lot of talkers out there. A lot of people, man, I'm going to do something different. Nothing happens. But I had this conviction moment where, like, man, I knew God was talking to me. And so I remember I went and bought a membership to the L.A. Fitness right here on Lions Road. I called it the Beautiful People Gym because you show up there. I showed up there. I was the only person that had a body mass index over seven. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody's beautiful, and I'm, I'm the lone fat guy. And I thought to myself, you know what? One day I'm going to be the beautiful people here. I'm going to keep showing up till I'm beautiful. And I'm, I'm here to say I'm beautiful today. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's really true. My wife tells me that, so I'm going to go with it. But I remember, I, I, like, God was telling me I needed to change. And I say all that because I just did all this life insurance stuff and all this stuff. And, 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 and like, 
my life was not abundant. And today I'm, I'm here to tell you, my, my life is completely different. I'm living a more abundant life. In fact, I, I did all this stuff. They did all this blood work, uh, EKGs, all this stuff. They come back. My, my fitness and health level today is elite level. In fact, uh, when the lady was doing my EKGs, she came back and she goes, hey, do you like run triathlons or anything? And I'm like, do I look like a run? The only thing I run around is like a buffet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, am, I laughed that joker a couple times. And she's like, no, your, your heart rate is that of like a, a marathon runner. And uh, I was like, praise the Lord. That's like going to the gym helped. They did something, you know. And so, but, I, but it was like, it's like, man, it just made me rec- realize that God has told me to change something that was not going the way I thought it was going to go. And I believe I'm living a more abundant life when it comes to my health. And so my question for you today is, is, is this, is what is God telling you to change? What is God telling you to change? It could be your weight. It could be something in your marriage. It could be in your career. It could be in your parenting style. It could be, it could be with your spiritual life here today. It could be with an addiction. And what I want us to do here for a second, because it's really easy just to ask the question, but I just I want to pause here for a moment because I believe the Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Trinity, is going to speak to every single one of us today. And if we'll listen to that voice, I believe that the life that Jesus said that we could have, this more abundant life, is possible. Because in John 10.10, 10, the Bible says, and this is actually Jesus speaking, so this isn't just the Bible. This is the guy who, who lived his life. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I've come that they might have life and have life more abundantly. And see, what that tells me is that you and I, we need to understand that there is an enemy out there that is trying to destroy aspects of our life. What that enemy is trying to do is he's trying to steal God's purpose and plan for your life. He's trying to kill your, your, your will and intentions to fulfill that. He's trying to destroy your purpose in life. That's his goal. That's his MO. But God says, listen, I have a different life for you. I don't have a life where things are being destroyed and taken away. I actually have a life that is more, and it's more abundant than what you could even think or imagine, and I want to take you to that life. I want to take you to that place. But there is a process that you're going to have to walk through in order to live a life more abundantly. And, and so I have some things for you today that are not in your notes. I know that that's a terrible thing. But today I want you to, to write some things down. They're not going to be in your notes. And then we'll get to your notes. But I think that there is a process that we have got to walk through. And I think that some of us will find us someplace in the process to living a more abundant life. And it goes from vulnerability to stability to vitality. And so the first thing I want you to write down is vulnerability. Vulnerability. And vulnerability is this, this place where you're capable of being physically or emotionally wounded or open to attack or damage in life. And it, it's where the majority of us find ourselves. We find ourselves vulnerable to some things based on the current path that we're going down in life. I, I know that I was always vulnerable to a double bacon cheeseburger from BurgerFi when I was in my, my bad health situation. I was always vulnerable to to the hot and, hot and now sign at Krispy Kreme going down US 1. Like those things would happen and I was vulnerable because that was my lifestyle. 
Like, Hot Now would come on, doesn't Hot Now, Krispy Kreme Donuts would be down in my belly. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I would just consume them. Have you ever noticed that when they're hot, like you can just eat a lot more of them really fast? Have you noticed, anybody else noticed? Okay, that's just me, okay. Like it was like my car knew where things that weren't healthy were and would just navigate itself to those places. Like it never navigated itself to like GNC health nutrition store. Like it is never going there. It was never going to like uh, the, these, these like all grass-fed, organic, uh, healthy places. It was always going to like, hey, let's get a cheeseburger from McDonald's, which we don't even know if that's really a cheeseburger. But why? Because I was vulnerable. And it was easy to stay vulnerable. Have you ever noticed when you're vulnerable, it's really easy just to stay in that spot because it, it's almost comfortable. Like, I'm vulnerable, and so I'm going to stay here and just kind of curl up, and I'm going to get comfortable here because if I curl up, I'm really safe. And a lot of us, we stay vulnerable for a couple different reasons. One of the reasons we stay vulnerable is because we're afraid to fail. Well, what happens if I try and fail? Well, you're already failing, so trying can only help you. But we never think logically when we're vulnerable, do we? Another reason we stay vulnerable is, is a lot of us, we think, man, it's going to just take too long to change. It's going to take, it's gonna, do you know how long it takes to lose weight? It takes a little while. And like that change doesn't happen instantaneously. Like when I curl a chocolate chip cookie to my mouth, it, it goes away really fast. When I curl a dumbbell, it just stays there. Like the change takes a while. Some of us, we stay vulnerable just because, honestly, we're just lazy. But I think a lot of us, we've become pros at being vulnerable in life. And we stay here even though it's, honestly, it's hurting us. Not only is it hurting us, but it's hurting our family. It's hurting our friends, it's hurting our careers, it's hurting our children, it's hurting those around us. Two Christmases ago, Shayla and I had the opportunity to go to D.C. for Christmas, and uh, I remember we, we showed up on, actually on Christmas Day, and the only thing I really wanted to do while I was in Washington, D.C. was, is I wanted to go to the Lincoln Memorial to the spot where Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech, because it's one of those, you know, iconic moments in history and I've read a lot about Martin Luther King Jr. and I just I just wanted to I wanted to see where this defining moment in, in, in history took place and I remember we were walking up the, the National Mall to that spot and they actually have a plaque there on the ground where he stood and, and I stood there in that moment and I thought about you know, the part of the speech that everybody knows is the I have a dream aspect. But the reality is, is that Martin Luther King Jr., the most powerful moments of his speech were not the I have a dream part. The most powerful moments of his speech were the front end of his speech where he was convincing the people in the crowd they didn't have to live with the same mentality that they've always had. See, before he could ever give them a dream, he had to take them out of this vulnerable state and say, listen, there is more for your life than what you're settling for. And I know that we're going to have a dream, but we've got to get you out of this vulnerable spot to where there's some stability in your life. 
before we can get you dreaming again. And for a lot of us, we got to get out of this vulnerable state and we got to start to move to this state of, if you're taking notes and you want to write this down, stability. Well, we've got to be, find some stability and ground. It, Webster's defines it as the strength to stand or endure, especially when our equilibrium is thrown off balance. Because what's going to happen in life is as we start to move out of vulnerability, there's going to be a chance that we're going to go forward or we're going to go backwards. And we've got to know that we've got to get to this place where we can at least find some strength, where we can have, even though there's a chance of failure, there's a chance of success. And I'm going to start to change my thinking and I'm going to start to change my habits because one of the greatest things you can do to become stable is create a new habit. In fact, they used to say it takes 21 days to create a habit. It's an old Stanford study that's actually wrong. They actually say it takes 66 days to create a habit, a new pattern in your life. And so what happens for a lot of us is we hear that and we go, man, but I've been living this way so long and we stay vulnerable and stay in the same place instead of going, you know what, I'm going to start to change something because we think 66 days is too long to change. But the reality is, is you can create a new habit starting today. Today is day one of your new habit. Today is day one of you living more abundantly if you choose to do it. In fact, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, who's one of the utmost experts on neurological pathways and brain activity and how your brain works and how you develop patterns in your life, actually says that the neurological patterns in your brain, what happens is, is as you make choices, you're sending electrical wavelengths in your brain that are creating new, new, wave, new directions for you. And so what happens, you've been doing something one way, so you've been sending signal to that. But the moment you start changing, all of a sudden, you know what your brain does? It starts forming a new pathway neurologically. You start forging a new path, and every day you do that, the electrodes that used to go this way start going this way. And over time, that way of thinking dies inside of you. Literally, that pathway becomes dormant, and all of a sudden you have a new pathway in life. And what she says is she says, we have to understand that our thoughts, positive or negative, when we address those thoughts, when we address them, we have to react to them. And whatever we choose will become our no-brainer. So whatever you're experiencing in life right now means that that's what you've chosen as your no-brainer. And she says... How God designed us is that we can actually choose a new brainer, a new way, and we can actually start to move to stability in our lives, and we can start to form a habit, which is a stepping stone to us being, if you're taking notes, this place of vitality, which is where we all want to be. It's this state of being strong. He, Jesus said, I've come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. Like, you would be in this place where you would have that more abundantly can be uh, translated as super abundant, where you would have this state where you have more strength, more power, more ability to do than you ever had before. Do you know that God wants you to have super abundance when it comes to your relationships? God wants you to have super abundance when it comes to your finances. God has designed you to have super abundance when it comes to your attitude. And I see this play out every day at work. Well, there's a lady on our staff who is an incredible young lady. Her name is Melissa Lane. She's actually my assistant. Uh, yeah, people that have met Melissa know Melissa. But this, the interesting thing about Melissa is Melissa, I don't think, has ever had a bad day in her life. Like literally, Melissa Lane is the happiest, most upbeat, most positive person you'll ever meet 
any day, any place, anywhere. In fact, if I showed up to the office or she was here and I said, hey, Melissa, today we're going to run through that wall. Melissa would be like, all right, guys, let's go run through the wall. Come on, we can do this. Let's go take the wall. Come on, high five, high five. She'd hype you up so much that you think that you could run through a wall and you'd be like, that lady's on crack. I want some of that. No, what it is is that she's living the superabundance in life when it comes to her attitude. She's not forging paths that say she can't. She's forging a path every day that says that she can because she believes that her God is able to do the impossible in her life. And she doesn't let circumstances or anything dictate that. And listen, God didn't call us to be vulnerable or stable. He called us to live in vitality. He called us to live these super abundant lives. And here's the good news. Is everything you want to change in your life, somebody else has already accomplished. Think about it. Dave Ramsey was broke and in debt. And today is one of the richest men alive. And is teaching people how to get not broke. You think about Josh Hamilton, who just retired from Major League Baseball. He was a drug addict who broke free and became a super athlete who was the Major League Baseball MVP in the American League, made millions of dollars. So what does that mean? That means you can break free. Jared from Subway, he lost the weight. He made some other bad decisions, but he lost the weight. We're going to focus on the positive. You know, we're going to find something good, something good in everybody. So what that means is that should give every single one of us hope because if they did it, that means we can do it. Now, here's what I know is, is when you start to choose, you know what, I'm going to live in the more abundant life, there's going to be haters that are going to come out. Because they always do. People are going to come and they're going to try to steal, kill, and destroy your dream. And sometimes the hater is within yourself. And so what you got to do in that moment is you got to dig into some great words of theologians like Taylor Swift and tell yourself, because the player is going to play, 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 play. And the hater is going to hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. I shake it off. I shake it off. Woo, woo, woo. Right? That's <laughs> so what we got to do. We gotta shake the haters off. You didn't know Taylor Swift was a theologian, did you? <laughs> Periodically, she gets something right, okay? So, it's one of the reasons why we tell you all the time do life together. Do life together. Do life together. Why? Because we want people in your life that have a vital relationship with God, they're going to shake off the negative thinking, the negative ways, the negative patterns that you've had that can guide you in the right direction. We want people that are going to encourage you, not discourage you. People that are going to build you up, not tear you down. People that are going to help you, not hurt you. Because there is more, and you and I, we can move into God's more abundant life. And here's the thing, when you choose to move into God's abundant life, you not only change the trajectory of your future, but you change the trajectory of the future generations that are going to come from you. 
Because listen, the moment you decide, listen, I'm not going to be enslaved to debt for the rest of my life and you're going to break free from debt, all of a sudden you know what's going to happen. You're going to start building a savings account, which means that you're going to be able to leave an inheritance to the next generation. How many of y'all know that's going to change some things in your family dynamics? When you break the addiction that's in your life, all of a sudden that curse is not going to be passed down for generations. All of a sudden there's going to be a, a new formation. We're not alcoholics. We're not addicts anymore. We're free people. When you, when you go, you know what, hey, you know what, I'm going to go get an education because nobody else in my family has an education. All of a sudden, when your kids are coming up, you're going to go, you know what, we're educated people. We're smart people, and they're going to start getting educated as well, and you're going to change the scope of your future. And so what land of opportunity, what changes God asking you to, to make? And I know that there might be some obstacles that are out there in that 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 direction of the change that you want to make, but they're just opportunities for God to show off and show that he's faithful so that you can't have it. And I don't believe that God has designed any of us to live an ordinary life. God has designed every single one of us for an extraordinary life. So how do you move from vulnerability to stability to vitality practically? James tells us this in James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. He says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this city or that. Spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. So right from this verse, there's three things that I want to give you to move, from, to move into God's more abundant life. Number one, you got to turn when into now. Turn when into now. Because it's so easy for us to go, you know what, when this happens, then I'll do that. You know, when I get that raise, then I'll start trusting God. You know, when I find that special someone, then I'll get my health in order. You know, when uh, God does the miracle, then I'll start following him with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And a lot of us live with a someday mentality. Someday, over the rainbow. How many of y'all know that someday just never seems to become today? It's always like, someday is tomorrow, or next week, or next month, or next year, but it's never today. And Psalms actually says in 118, this is the day the Lord has made. I believe that this is the day that God is speaking to you. So don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next week. Don't wait for three months to break that affair off and save your marriage. Don't wait and do something tomorrow that you need to do today. Why are we always saying tomorrow, tomorrow? Forever. Anyways, I don't want to sing for you guys, but we're always saying tomorrow what God wants us to do today. See, if we do what we're supposed to do today, tomorrow, we miss out on tomorrow's blessing that's supposed to be for that day. And so we need to turn our when into now. Number two, we need to turn intentions into actions. Because if you're like most people like me, most people I know, 
you have some really, really, really good intentions. Like, I've got some great intentions in life. Like, I, I really intend to paint the outside of my house. In fact, I bought paint. I, I bought caulk. I bought patch. I, I have rollers, brushes. I have everything I need. I just haven't turned it into action. Why? Because I have great intentions. Anybody relate to that? Like, man, I've got the greatest of intentions. Man, I intend to go to church, but it's sunny outside and there's a beach. James 4.17 says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it. Man, what is that word? Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it. Can you, can you say that? Sins? I know that isn't a popular word in our culture today. What do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Why? Because we know the good we ought to do, and we don't do it, so we sin. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty selfish person. I know that's hard to believe. Uh, but my prayer virtually every single day is, is, God, open my eyes to people that are hurting and need me. Because naturally I will not see them. I'm so self-absorbed. I'm just being honest. Like, I, that's, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm so consumed with me, I don't notice. But every day, I, my prayer is, God, help me to see people. Help me to see people. God, give me opportunities. Give me opportunities. Never forget, a couple years ago, I was in Home Depot. I was just hanging out, messing around, blowing some time before my next appointment, looking at tools. And I remember this little old lady was walking down the aisle with her shopping cart, and she goes, excuse me, do you work here? And I was like, no, ma'am. I was like, but do you need some help? And she's like, yeah, I, I need some help. And she started walking off, and she left her cart there. So I figured she must want me to push the cart. So I grabbed the cart, and I started, I started following her around with the cart. And uh, she goes, can you grab me that? And I would grab it, and we'd grab this. And we went all throughout Home Depot. I was, I was, I, I was looking for my orange apron to put on, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And uh and, and I remember we, I helped her check out. I was bagging her stuff, and I went out to her car, and I was, I was putting everything in her car that she had gotten. She, she went to pull out some money, and I was like, oh, no, ma'am, at Home Depot, we don't accept tips, you know. And, and, uh, <laughs> Man, when she asked, do you work here, I should have said, I do now, you know, but uh, then um, I remember when I, when I finished that, I remember calling up Shayla and going, man, I just had the most incredible hour of my life. She's like, what did you do? You know, it's like, <laughs> normally for me, that means like jumping off of a building, skydiving or something. And she, I was like, man, this, this little old lady. I was like, because Proverbs tells us, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it's in your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow when you now have it with you. See, we need to, Turn when into now and intentions into actions. And most importantly, number three, we have to turn our whole heart towards Jesus. 
See, the reason I think a lot of us aren't living a more abundant life that Jesus promised because we haven't turned our whole heart toward Jesus. We're in the middle of flu season right now, and, uh, you know, if you want to go get a flu shot, it's pretty interesting what you do. You go to your doctors, and they'll take out a syringe, and they'll put a, a, a little bit of the flu in the syringe, and they'll come over, and they'll stick it in your arm and inject the flu into you. Not enough that's going to hurt you, not enough that's going to make you sick, but enough to where you'll become immune to the flu. And I think the problem that a lot of us have when it comes to a more abundant life is, is that we treat Jesus like a flu shot. We have just enough of them. We get just enough of them that, that, that we've, we've made him our savior, but Jesus, while you're my savior and I have all of heaven to look forward to, while I'm on earth, I'm going to do whatever the heck I want. I'm going to live how I want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go about my day how I want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve how I want. I'm going to do everything that I, I want. And then when I get in trouble, man, I'm going to throw up a Hail Mary prayer. Jesus, help me out. I might show up to church once every four to six weeks and do my one hour of duty. Jesus, I got enough. I got a little bit. Or I'll watch an hour of Christian programming on TV, which please don't do that. It's terrible for you. <laughs> Just being honest, though. We get just enough of Jesus, honestly, to really keep us from really knowing him. And instead of being like, Jesus, I want all of you, my whole life, my whole heart, my whole relationship, every single aspect. God, I want you to infiltrate. I want you to be a part. I want you to, I want you to lead and God and direct. Oh, man, man, I realize my life is short, but I need you in it. We give them just a little bit. And we know all the things and we can say all the things. There's a story in Mark chapter 12 that always kind of drives me nuts. A guy asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? He says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. This man was like, man, that's got it. I know that. I know it here, but it hasn't moved it here. And Jesus looked at him in verse 34 of chapter 12, and he says something that, that actually, I mean, it just scares me for so many people. He says, you are not Like you're close, 
We've got all the sayings down. We've got just a little bit. aspect of our life, but we say, God, here's everything. Not just inviting you into the foyer, I'm inviting you into the, to dwell in the whole house. You can go in the bedrooms, you can go in the closets, you can go in the basement, you can go in the attic. There's not a nook, there's not a cranny that isn't available for you. And I think a lot of us have settled for some vulnerable places and some stable places instead of living with the vitality that Jesus has promised to each and every one of us. Would you guys bow your heads? Pray with me. Jesus said, I came to give you life and more abundantly. And we have to receive it and walk in it. Jessica, would you lead them in prayer?